talk about an area of life that is so incredibly important and that for many of us, we started off with great dreams and expectations concerning, but we began to find ourselves falling short. And in that falling short, we began to give up. And this happened on two sides. For some of us, it was our wife who began to give up. For others of us, it was our husbands who began to give up. So I want to talk today about God's calling and a direction to us as husbands, and specifically how wives allow us, encourage us, enable us to accomplish that calling as they respond to God's calling in their life. So let's pray and ask God's blessing here. Father, today we come to you because our desire is to be men who reflect your love and your leadership in our marriages and with our families. But we've fallen short. We feel more often than not that we just don't know how to lead in the way that you want us to, how to love in the manner that you want us to. And Lord, today, many of these spouses here, these wives, have felt that their marriage is not what they want it to be. Their husband has become more of a roommate than a soulmate. And we would ask that today you will start a renewal of that, a change in that format that we'll begin to experience in our marriages, husbands and wives who reflect your love and your leadership. Lord, guide us today out of darkness into your light so that we can see what it is we can do, who it is you've called us to be. We ask that in your son's name, Father. Amen. This is a difficult subject we want to hit on for the next two weeks. We're going to talk about husbands. We're going to talk about wives. I wanted to start today about husbands, but I'm really focusing on wives. So you're going to say, hmm, interesting. I say, well, absolutely, because the reason I'm doing that is because I have discovered something in my own life, and that is that Without a wonderful wife, I'm a terrible husband. And the two come together. I, I'm not, I haven't figured it all out. I remember before I got married, a young lady talking about this couple. And she said, that woman is who she is because of her husband. He's such a wonderful, incredible husband. And I thought, what are you talking about? How does he have anything to do with what she is? And she said, he has these qualities of leadership and love that have enabled her to be the wife and the mother that God wants her to be. I went, okay. I scratched my head. I really didn't understand what she was talking about. It was beyond me. But today what I want to talk about is how wives enable husbands to become great husbands. How many of you wives want to have a great husband? Okay, now I can say how many wives have a great husband? Very good. Those of you who didn't raise your hand, it's partially your fault. <laughs> you know, we use that wind beneath the wings analogy and all that. But this is what really goes on is our wives have this incredible ability to influence us. So we use that term that I give everybody before I marry them. They become couples. And I turn to the young man. 
And I said, I would just need you some simple words for you. And that's, these are simple words, incredibly difficult to understand. He said, okay, what is it? I said, happy wife, happy life. And he goes, huh? Like, you don't get it now, you will. Happy wife, happy. What, what does that mean? It means when you fulfill, when you fulfill the calling that God has given you in your life towards your wife, you will have a life that's filled with happiness consistently, regularly, appropriately. The scripture puts it this way. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. There's really two scriptures we're going to deal with today. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is one of them. In this area, Paul talks about the calling of a husband and of a wife and tries to lay out us a better understanding of what that calling means. And then secondly, in Ephesians 5, Paul again lays out an understanding of what it means to be a husband and what it means to be a wife. He's trying to give us some light in a dark world that doesn't get it. He wants you to understand how to respond to your spouse and care and love them. Okay, this is how he says in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3. He says this, and if you have your outlines with you, you can look at those and follow along. A man should fulfill his marital responsibility, his calling as a husband, and a woman should fulfill her marital responsibility, her calling as a wife. And I go, okay, what are you talking about? What is our responsibility? Paul earlier had said, I have been called to be celibate. I will never be married. God's calling in my life is to be celibate. And in that calling, I have a responsibility. God has enabled me to accomplish these things. And so I will seek to responsibly fulfill that calling. He says, now, those of you that are called as husbands or called as wives also have a calling as a wife, a calling as a husband. And if you understand that and respond to it, then God will powerfully, miraculously fulfill in your life that calling, that responsibility, that ability. How many of you recognize you're called to be a spouse? See, many of you would go, I, 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 what do you mean? Call? No, you have a calling to be a spouse. This is a special, incredibly difficult calling. I was called to be a pastor. Eh? When God called me in, I resisted that calling over and over and over again. And I came to a place in my life where I said, if I fail to submit to this, I will never have joy in my life. It's the same thing in our calling as husbands and as wives. God gives us a calling. The entire marriage ceremony we're involved in is about two things. The calling of the husband and the wife. We do the vows about the calling of the husband and the wife. I will, I will, I do, I do. That's what it's all about. It's our calling, our directive. Here, Paul's emphasis, though, is not on my calling As a husband, it's on my calling to fulfill my wife's call. The emphasis in the chapter is about me enabling my spouse to be the woman that he has called her to be. And for the woman to be the spouse, to enable her husband to be whom God has called him 
to be. That as she does this and he does this, then it will begin to work powerfully. You see, you need to help your husband be the soulmate and the leader that you long for instead of the roommate and the follower that he has become. Some of you, that's resonating with you. You go, that's who he is. That's right. But it's partially, powerfully. The reason he is who he is is because of you. Not entirely, but to a great degree. Now, what does a husband need? What does your husband need in his life? Well, I'm going to break down a few things that I think are incredibly important. We've got about 20 minutes we're going to work on this at. So I'm going to solve all your issues in this area. Yeah, in 20 minutes. Good luck. What does he need? There are three primary needs of every man as a husband. Three things he desperately, powerfully needs. One, he needs personal support. He needs personal support. He needs to know that his wife always has his back. Always, no matter what, always has his back. Secondly, he needs personal intimacy. Personal intimacy. He needs to know that his wife is always ready and willing to be involved with him sexually. Some of you women go, really? Yeah, he desperately needs that. Thirdly, thirdly, the thing he needs, personal respect. Personal respect. In fact, let me throw this one at you. Nine out of ten guys that I've been acquainted with, and there, there's a few that are unusual here, but nine out of ten, it's such a rarity. I see it on this. If I was to ask them, what would you rather be, loved or respected? You know what they'll say? Respected. Respected. Because if I'm not respected, I don't really think I'm being loved anyway. Men desperately need to be respected, but especially they need to be respected by their spouse. Because I want you to get this. You are the most important person in his life, whether he admits it or not. You are the most influential person in his life, whether he admits it or not. You're it. You may not think you are. You are. I guarantee it. You are. And that's why it's so important that we understand these truths that God has laid out to us here concerning how to respond to them. The first one he needs personal support in Ephesians. Paul puts it this way. He says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. This is about leadership. I need you to grasp that. The word submit, hupotasso, it, it, it speaks to the idea of choosing to voluntarily support the one that you have been called to follow as a leader. There's an old quote about leadership, and it says, The one who thinks he leads but has no followers is only taking a walk. You see, if I'm leading you and you're not following, I'm not leading you. I'm just taking a walk. And there's nothing more uncomfortable than leading someone somewhere and then turning around and realizing they're not there. They're back home cooking. What happened? I thought we were going in this direction, but I'm just going there alone. He desperately needs personal support. You see, oftentimes the question 
when I ask me, well, why should I submit? And my response is, you misunderstand. You misunderstand what the calling is. You have a calling that you recognize when you chose to get married to this fine man. If your husband's here, I want to turn to him and say, you're a fine man. Tell your husband, tell him, you're a fine man. That's right, he is. At least he better be. You married him. You chose him. He asked and you answered. You had the final decision and you could have said no. I have never met a married man who didn't want to meet all the needs of his wife. But I've met many years after they were married say, I don't know how to. I don't know how to. I don't know what they are. Ladies, we need desperately to understand how to submit, how to support our husbands. Someone asked me, well, how do we do it? Let me give you a few simple things because for some reason we've lost it. And we've gotten really weird in this whole area. What does it mean to support, to submit to your husband? First thing, it means to have fun with them. That doesn't sound too hard, does it? You need to have fun with them. Ecclesiastes says, you need to enjoy life with your wife. Enjoy life with your wife. Be involved in mutual interests. Uh, My son, John, has a girlfriend who is incredibly bright in this area. For birthday, for his birthday, she got him season tickets for the Clippers. Two tickets. Two tickets. And you know where they go on a regular basis together? To go see the Clipper game. Consistently, regularly. But she's also very bright because she says, you know, you should take some of these and invite your friend to go with you. Let's together determine which ones you want to go to with your friends and which ones you like me to go with you with. Bright girl. <laughs> I mean, man. Ladies, take note. Take note. You need to enjoy life with your husband. What is it that you guys enjoy doing together? You get him a great pair of walking shoes because you love walking around Balboa Island together. My wife gets me a beachcombers card. It's to the little restaurant in Crystal Cove. And we get to go out there and enjoy a great breakfast. And afterwards, we walk on the beach. Wasn't my idea. You see... She knows that we enjoy doing that, and so she purposefully submits to me, supports me, and puts together ways in which we can accomplish the task of enjoying life together. We've been going to Wicked together for a special play. She got the tickets. Now, could I have gotten them? Absolutely. And I should. But her method her process of submitting is to say how can i enjoy life with my husband how can he enjoy it with me let me figure out ways things that he likes that he can do with me that we can do together that's a way of submission another submission be gentle with him be gentle with him first peter 3 4 says the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet quiet spirit which is of real worth in god's sight It's also of real worth in husband's sight. A gentle, quiet spirit. 
Ladies, I don't know if you've noticed this, but your beauty will fade. Okay? I'm sorry. It's going to happen. Yeah, you know it, I know it. Going to happen. You're going to go, I used to look so good. And your husband goes, yeah. (laughs) But it's going to fade. If you depend on that to keep him, you're in trouble. It's not going to work. That isn't why he's going to stay. That isn't why he's going to be faithful. It helps, but that's not why. He's going to stay because you're submitting to him with a gentle and quiet spirit. You listen to him with the intent to support him, not to criticize him. You've got a gentle and quiet spirit. See, I'm always concerned about how am I going to get this done? How am I going to get this finished? How am I going to accomplish this task? And you're saying, honey, take it easy. Calm down. God's in the midst of this. You need to trust in him. He's going to take care of us completely. I trust you. And I know that God's going to handle all this situation that we find ourselves involved in. It's going to work out well. And you start thinking as a husband, you know, you're right. I think it will work out. You're, you know, yeah, yeah, that's okay. It's going to work out great, honey. And something begins to happen in this partnership. You become a, a person that's irreplaceable. Irreplaceable because you have this gentle and quiet spirit. My life. third thing, be adaptable to him. My wife says, I have to be gumby to you all the time. Gumby, yeah, he flexes this way, flexes that. He does whatever he needs to do to fit in with whoever it is that's carrying him. I always says, I'm adapted to you on a regular basis. I submit to your needs, to your desires, to your situation because I recognize you desperately need that. You see, sometimes I have PMS. It's true. I wish it wasn't, but it is. I have this grouchy mentality that comes onto me. And I don't want to do that. My wife adapts to it. She adapts. She says, it's okay, honey. Let's just do this instead. It's, it's the principle of love here. Women ask me, do I have to submit? And here's my response to you. Don't you want to? Don't you want to? That's how we began. I submit to my wife regularly because I want to. I want to know what she likes. I want to know what she enjoys. If she wants to go to beach calmer, she wants to walk on the beach, I'm there. I'm there. That's what being a husband means. It's about what being a leader means. Leader is about influence. And she is by far the most influential person in my life. And personal support is simply providing me and enabling me to have leadership in our home. When my wife chooses to submit to me, I find myself wanting to be the leader she desires me to be and to love her in the manner that Christ loved me as well. 
I hope you get that. I hope you understand that. It's so incredibly important. Mark, we're going to skip for a little bit. I'm going to show the clip in a little bit here, okay? Second thing is when we talk about what does your husband need, he needs personal intimacy. He needs personal intimacy. He goes on the scripture, he says this, Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. All right? Some of you women, did you ever think before you got married, your husband, he was so romantic and he was so involved and he talked to me on the phone, he did all this stuff. And after we got married, it was like, all he wants to do now is, it's like every time we get together, he wants to, yeah, that's what he does. That's how he's made. Yeah. What's with this sex thing all the time? Why is that such a big deal to him? You should be happy it's such a big deal to him. You should be very happy it's a big deal to him because, you see, he is personally committed to you and you alone in that area. You're the only person in this entire world that he is committed to be involved with, to become one with. Nobody else. And there are lots of women around that, oh, I'm attracted to this one, I'm attracted to that one, for this reason, for that reason. He says, but to you and you alone, I'm committed to for personal intimacy, for sexual fulfillment. You're it. And for some of you, you've put him on a limited diet. And he doesn't need that. In fact, in this day and age, the world we live in, I'd put him on a whole milk diet. As much as you can, as often as you can, all the time. And you say, huh? I go, because when you're doing that, you're making sure that he is thoroughly fulfilled in this arena and he's not chasing after anybody else. That's the directive of Scripture. You are the only person that can fulfill this need in his life. Now, many of your husbands are saying, I am being faithful to my wife. I have been faithful to my wife. I'll always be faithful to my wife. And I think, yeah, he's faithful, but he's also miserable. Because he's not receiving that intimacy from you. For whatever reason, you've chosen to pull off on there. That is not right. For men, this is this weird thing about guys. Sex is like a panacea for everything is all right with our world. This loving encounter that makes up for the jerk that cut him off on the freeway. For the simple fact that as he looks in the mirror, he realizes, I am not God's gift to women. How many guys? Raise your hand. You realize it, right? Those of you who don't, I'm sorry. Nobody in here fits the, you know, you're not doing commercials, dude. No. It just is. You're not God's. I'm not God's gift. And so when my wife responds to me, I'm like, man, this is so wonderful. She loves me personally alone. My eyes only. Me alone. And her alone. It's something we do that nobody else is allowed in. Be faithful. Be true to your wife. Let your manhood be a blessing. 
Rejoice in her. Let her charms in her breast satisfy you. Let her love fill you with delight. Be captivated by her love. And I say to you, ladies, help your husband carry out this commandment from God. It's a commandment to you and to him intentionally. Sex is something to be enjoyed together, not to be endured. And if you have a wounded area in your life, you need to go to counseling and take care of that. So God can remove that from you and put you back to the place that he wants you to have so that your relationship with your husband is one of wonder and delight and rejoicing. And rejoicing. Your husband's need for sexual fulfillment can be met nowhere else. Nowhere else. Don't take that responsibility lightly. Now, when we talk about being a leader in the home, one of the key areas of leadership is about integrity and about high moral character. It was General Schwarzkopf who talked about, he was the commander-in-chief of the U.S. Armed Forces. He died recently. He said, leadership is a potent combination of strategy and character. And if you must be without one, be without strategy. If you must be without one, be without strategy. The Greek word for integrity or character, it comes from the description of an engraving instrument. An artist wears a groove in a metal object by repeating sketching over and over and over the same thing until it begins to form an image that you can see. And the image formed is dependent on the etching. And the question for you ladies is, what are you etching into your husband's life in terms of moral character? Our integrity is forged by this set of distinctive marks over time. It's a portrait of who we will become, bad or good, stable, shifting, faithful, Your personal support and commitment to personal intimacy etches your husband's leadership ability. I am faithful to my wife. Her alone. Behind every male leader with integrity is a woman who supports him totally, completely. All right? Our time is up. We've got a third point, though. So I'm going to touch on it. Are you ready? The third point. Your husband desperately needs personal respect. In Ephesians, Paul says, I say it again. Each man must love his wife as he loves himself, but the wife must respect her husband. She respects, she reverences her husband. She notices him. She regards him. She honors him. She prefers him. She esteems him. She praises him. She loves him exceedingly. You must respect your husband. You married a man, always treat him like one, and he will always act like one. One of the deepest needs in all men's life is respect. And we're drawn towards women who admire and appreciate us, who respect us, and we're repelled by those who look down on us. Women ask me, well, how do I show respect? One, you show respect with words of praise. Words of praise. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but words of praise lift him up. Don't be stingy with your words of praise. Be generous with your words of praise to your husband. He'll remember harsh negative words 
I tell people about if you give ten good words, you can give one bad one. Guarantee you, even then, he'll remember the bad one. It'll stand out. And he'll remind you of it later. Come on, I gave you ten positive things. We desperately need respect, and respect is seen by words of praise. Will you show respect to the man in your home? You show respect to him when you talk about others. You praise your husband before others. The worst thing I've ever seen, I say, gather women around, and the women are talking to each other, and they're talking about their husband, and they begin to denigrate their husband. Well, you know, he doesn't do this, and he doesn't do that, and he's not got this good of a job. And, he's, and you're denigrating and putting him down, and he's hearing that echo in his mind wherever he goes. You don't know, but he is. There's not any respect there. And this comes from a guy whose wife says to him on a regular basis, on a regular basis, she'll come to me and she'll say, you know, honey, I just want you to know, you're the best husband I've ever had. And I was, I'm the only husband you've ever had. She says, for now. No, she never says that. She says, yes, and you always will be. And I go, yeah, it's so good. My wife respects you. This is the same woman that she went to a retreat where the people didn't know her. She said, this women's retreat, they didn't know who she was. And they were sharing struggles and problems together. And what, what are we going to do? And she said, you need to pray for me. And they said, okay, what for? I'm in love with my pastor. Yes, my wife. And they're all, oh! and it's just, oh, well, he's also my husband. I go, tricky little woman, you know? She's got that thing going there. Respect. Desperately need respect. You show respect with words of praise and with words of healing. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the son of the words of the wise bring healing. The tongue of the wise brings healing. Women seem to naturally give love. But to give respect is harder. It's harder. You've got to work at it. So I encourage you. You need words of healing and relationship to respect. Respect rubs the hurt out. It doesn't rub it in. Respect to remind your husband of all the qualities and abilities that he has and that he's done, not those which he does not have or which he has not accomplished in. You desperately need to bring words of healing to your husband on a regular basis. We use that term all the time. I say happy wife, happy life. Happy husband, happy ending. I want you to get that. Happy husband... Happy ending. You keep your husband happy, and in the end, when your marriage is finished, when one of the others you are passed on, it'll be a happy ending. You don't. It won't. You don't. It won't. Praise, healing. And last is words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. A woman's family is held together by the wisdom, by her wisdom, but it can be destroyed by her foolishness. Now, you can show respect by sharing your wisdom and not keeping it to yourself. And I mean wisdom, not wisecracks, okay? 
Wisdom, not wisecracks. Interesting element that I found over the last some 40 years of being involved now in, in marital counseling. Uh, it's hard to believe it's been that long, but it has. And this is what I found on a regular basis. Marriage manual. Understanding how your marriage is going. I can talk to a number of guys, and I'll turn to them and I'll say, I want you to rate your marriage from a 1 to 10. Rate your marriage from 1 to 10. How is your marriage? And he'll rate it usually, oh, it's like an 8 or a 9. That's what the guy will say. It's like an 8 or a 9, unless he's not being sexually fulfilled. Sorry, I'm going to throw that one in there. If he is, he's like, it's an 8 or a 9. And then I'll just kind of chuckle, and I'll turn to his wife and say, 1 to 10, real score. Real score. What is your marriage like? And then she'll say, whatever the number is. It's a 6. 6? He goes, 6! It's a six. Why is it a six? And then she began to lay out all the reasons it's a six. He's sitting there wide-eyed. Huh? God has given women an inbred marriage manual. It's like it's all there. It's written on their hearts or something. I don't know what it is. I can turn to my wife and say, honey, I think we're doing really good. And she'd go, Seriously? She'll go, well, we're we're doing okay. Okay. Okay, let me tell you why we're doing okay. Do you want to hear it? No, I think we're fine. (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear it. Words of wisdom are like embedded nails. They provide support that's necessary. Okay, lay it on me. And she'll begin to say... Here's some positive words of truth that lead you in a positive direction. You're doing really good here, honey. Well, thank you. Now, in this area, perhaps we could have some slight positive change. Okay, what do you... I'm amazed at how she'll lay it out. I'm I'm serious, guys. Your wife's have given, been given by God this wonderful ability to see it. Words of the wise are like firmly embedded nails. They hold us together. You ask your wife how you're doing or how you're not. I've had wives leave their husbands, and I talked to her husband, and he thought, I thought everything was going what? Yeah, you all heard it. I go, dude, your wife left you. Everything was going great? Seriously? Anybody up there? Anybody home? Well, I thought, I said, did you ever ask her? Well, I, uh, yeah, exactly. You guys can see where your direction is going for after the service, right? Not during the soup and pie time. But afterwards, I want all the men to turn to your wife and ask her simply, Honey, how are we doing? I really want to know. And how can I do better? How can I be a better leader and a better lover? And then, women, you need to ask him, Okay, how am I doing in these areas? Each one of them. Pull out the outline and say, How am I doing? And he'll share with you how he feels you're doing. Yes, you show me respect. I so much appreciate that. Yes, you regularly take care of my needs. Yes or no or whatever. And have them 
simply do a 1 to 10 thing. He'll do a crummy job of it, but still, have him do a 1 to 10 thing. You can say, well, in here I think it's pretty good. All right, can you do that? Okay, so we did child dedication. This is kind of like husband rededication time. You stand with me, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this chance we've had today to spend some time, about 35 minutes, trying to get a better handle on what it means to be a wife who helps her husband fulfill his calling. And Lord, I'd ask for each family here that you might cause to fall upon them a special movement of your spirit, that there can be forgiveness for the past and renewal for their future. That today might be the beginning of a new step for them, of a new foundation for them to begin to build on. That he can become the leader and the lover that you called him to be. And she can become the woman that you called her to be as well. Lord, let that blessing fall. Let that power fall this week. Start the process. Bless and encourage them. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, God bless you all. Have a great day. Hey,